And I just want to start off by saying this. I was spending some time in prayer. Uh, yesterday, I walked into church and uh, I was here walking through the aisles, walking through the, the, the chairs here. And I've been praying. I've been praying, God, I'm praying over each of these chairs here. I know that the next couple of Sundays, I, I, I knew that we're going to miss a lot of our families because they've been texting me and letting me know, Pastor, you know, we've been tested positive and all that. Uh, I, and I was telling them, hey, I, I know that there is something going on in the world. I'm not, uh, I don't want to be in a place that I'm not aware of it. But I just want to let you know, don't operate in fear. Are you with me, church? Don't operate in fear. As just walking through the space here, you know, the Lord reminded me of the scripture, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but it'll never harm you. And he made me declare these promises over my congregation. I am here to declare. Until the Lord says so, I am alive and I will be alive. No demons, no COVID, nothing can ever harm me. Until God says so, I am alive and I will continue to preach. My family will be alive. We will continue to minister. My congregation will be alive and we will continue to share and shed the light of Jesus' glory in the world that God has called us to. Are you with me, church? Don't operate in fear, but take your precautions. Don't operate in fear, but do what is necessary to be done. Don't, don't operate in fear. And I'm sure there's somebody listening to me, and that's what, you know, as uh, Pastor Lindsay was leading worship this morning, you know, um, in the year 2022, you know, uh, as we were standing, and the Lord was prompting my heart, there's someone listening to me right now that you are thinking that, I think my life has come to an end. Uh, uh, uh. And some of us might feel the same, just when you have a migraine headache, you're like, oh God, I'm going to die right now. No, brother, <laughs> it's just a migraine. No, brother, it's just a COVID-19. Jesus is greater than that. The power of Jesus is greater than every weapon formed against you and your children. No weapon shall ever prosper in the life of God. Are you here? Do you believe this with me today? Praise God. I'm here to make this declaration. If you're watching me live on whichever, what, what camera? I'm just zooming around. Whatever camera, okay. Uh, as I look through, and I just want to make this prophetic declaration in the name of Jesus, you will not die, but you will live to testify the glory of Jesus in all the spaces of influence where God has taken you and your family. And each of us today together, this year 2022 is going to be a greater year of God's supernatural favor and blessing over our year, over our life. This year, I had uh, uh, called out that this year, 2022, will be a year of God's favor in our life. The year 2022 is going to be an year of God's favor in your work, over your finances, over your school, within your relationship, in your marriage, uh, for your children, for your future this year. And as a, as a prophetic word, when I declare this word, I, I, I'm praying that people are ready to grasp it and take it over and believe this with me. That's when the miracle happens. The released prophetic word, when it is accepted by the people, with the released word of the Almighty God, when it falls on a fertile ground, that's where the miracle happens. Are you with me? See, see you take the seed and you put it in your showcase, you put it in your bag, uh, nothing happens. That seed will remain there. But when the seed falls on a fertile ground, when the seed falls on the fertile ground, the ground recognizes the power within the seed. The seed has the potential to grow. 
no matter what obstructions and struggles may come through, no matter what rocky surfaces be around it, but the seed has the potential to grow. And in Jesus' name, when I declare this prophetic word over my congregation, I believe this is going to be an year of God's favor over your future. God's favor over your education. God's favor over your business. God's favor in your marriage. God's favor among your children. God's favor in every walk of life in your ministry. This is going to be year of God's. I'm receiving it. When I heard this word a month ago, I'm just, Lord, thank you for this promised word that you have given to me and my church family. I am here to make everybody understand that. Listen, this is the word God wants us to pro pro proclaim here. And all the pastoral team for the next couple of Sundays, we're going to preach on the power of God's favor. I want my congregation to get it, understand it, and walk on it for the next couple of Sundays as we move forward to understand. This is going to be a year of God's supernatural favor on our life. Listen, two people can go to the same school. One may have a good education. Another might not. But if that person has the favor of God, he will no longer be in the background. God can bring him in the foreground. God can bring him in a place of setup that he's already promised in his life because of God's favor. Are you with me, church? God's favor is, is in other words, it's a preferential treatment. Uh, not everybody can understand it. It's a preferential treatment. You are a child of God, so you have God's favor on your life. See, with your education, your money, your knowledge, your influence, you can do only so much. But with God's favor working in your life, you can walk beyond what is limited to you. Your education might be great, but you're confined by the limitations of your knowledge provided in your educational background. Are you with me? Your wealth is great. You may earn so much, which is wonderful and great, but you're, you're still limited to the confined amount of what you earn per month or an yearly salary. But with the grace and the favor of heaven, there is no limitation at all. In other words, there is no cap on what God can do through you in the world. Oh, come on somebody. I want some people to agree this with me. There is no limitation. There is nothing that can hold you back from what God wants to do through your life. And with His favor, you are more than a conqueror. Are you with me today, church? You know what? Somebody can conquer things. You may walk into a battle and slay some people. You have conquered it. You have conquered and aced your examination. But with the favor of God, you are not just a conqueror, but you are more than a conqueror. In other words, no weapon formed against you shall ever prevail in the past. It will not prevail today. It will not prevail in the future. That's the preferential treatment of heaven. It separates you from everybody else. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a pastor. I have no idea how in the world I bought that house. He said, Pastor, I have no idea how in the world I bought that house. We did not qualify for it. It's just one person's income that we were able to buy that. I looked at the brother and said, that's God's favor. 
it separates you from everybody else. When everybody else is working too hard to get what they need, one day of God's favor is better than thousand days of your labor. Praise the Lord. And in, in the year 2022, the first Sunday of January, the first Sunday of this year, I am here to make a declaration in the name that is above every name that this will be an year of God's favor in your life. What has not happened in 2021 or before that, I don't care. But what is going to happen in this year is totally the favor of God Almighty. Praise the Lord. You know, a couple of... Uh, couple of months ago, I was driving with one of our friends and, uh, you know, we went to shop some stuff for our church and I think in front of Costco or Sam's Club and we got a parking spot very close to the entrance of Costco, I believe. And when we got it, he said, oh, what a favor of God. What a favor of God because we got a spot very close to the shopping area. So we don't have to carry all the weight that we bought for our church. Some stuff was going, something was going on here. And we, we didn't have to carry all that thing and walk into our church. You know, it's a long walk. Uh, uh, we got a spot very close to the, the shopping area. And he said, like, what a favor of God. And sometimes we have limited our understanding and knowledge about favor through our convenience and for our convenience. Are you with me, church? We've limited God's abundance grace, God's abundant grace because of our convenience. Because it was so convenient for me, I have understood, oh, this was maybe, this is it, God's favor. Can I tell you, God's favor is beyond that. His favor is beyond us getting a spot in the regular church seating. Us getting a spot in our favorite shopping area, very close to the mall. It's beyond that. In other words, God's favor will make you do things that you have never done in the past. Listen to this. God's favor was upon a lot of Old Testament and New Testament God's saints. Favor did not keep Daniel out of the lion's den. Favor did not keep Joseph out of the pit. Favor did not keep Joseph out of the jail. Favor did not keep Esther just as a, another Jewish lady under slavery. Favor did not keep them just to what they were confined to in their limitation. Favor led them through the lion's den and they were unharmed. Favor led them through the fiery furnace, but they were unharmed. Fire, favor led them through the pit and still they became the chief minister, the prime minister, the elite. Why? Because favor will oftentimes lead you through places where you will recognize God alone can do a miracle in this space. Praise the Lord. Because if you walk through a route that everybody else has taken over, you will think that's my education. That's my strength. That's because my father has donated so much money. I'm using my dad's credit card. And so like everybody else, I can say, God, thank you for your favor that my dad has given me his credit card. That I can shop around and do whatever I need to do. Are you all with me, church? Praise the Lord. 
Favor will oftentimes take you to a place where you walk into your job and your job uh, is shut down for you. Favor will oftentimes take you to a place where you don't like it. It'll be a total wilderness. But in the midst of that, God says, I'm going to come through. In the midst of that, God will say that, hey, you know what? I know your world is challenging, but can I just tell you, I am the constant help in the midst of your challenges. I am God. I am Jehovah. Nothing about me has ever changed in the past. Nothing about me will ever change in the future as well. Praise the Lord. Favor will might take you through a COVID-19 examination site. When you're tested positive and you sit behind the camera, which you don't want to do it. You wanted to be with everybody else in the building and worshiping with saints. But favor will oftentimes put you behind a TV and make you sit there for a time and season. But let me let you know today, God will take us through a season of wilderness that you understand in the midst of that. He is the only source of help. I want to take your attention towards a story in the Bible that I, I love the most. And the reason why I love the most is because I, as a believer, as a, uh, as a child of God, I can see how this life relates to this person, this character in the Bible. And everybody who's a New Testament believer seated here right now, we can and we should recognize ourselves with this one character in the Old Testament. It's the story of Ruth. The story of one Moabite lady, woman from Moab. The story of Ruth. Somebody who was an outsider. Someone who is called as a second class citizen. She was never allowed to be in the temple. They could never be inside the temple worshipping. They were idol worshippers. They indulge in sexual sins. That whole descendant, that whole generation was cursed. But still God of the Bible chose this one person and showed his favor on the person. That's why I said, I think I can relate to her story. I think we can relate to her story. We were outsiders. But God in the Bible chose us. He has called us. He has separated us. That's the grace and the favor of heaven over our life. I'm going to read Ruth chapter 2 verse 5 to 10. Ruth chapter 2 verse 5 to 10. Boaz, verse 5 says, Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does the young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another man's field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field. 
where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and drink from the water jars the men have filled for you. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me? A foreigner. Let me just read that last scripture, verse 10 once again. Let me read verse 5 and then verse 10 so that I, I, I hope you get the context of where I'm trying to take my church. Boaz, as the overseer of his harvesters, who does this young woman belong to? Who does this young woman belong to? Verse 10, at this, she bowed down with her face to the ground she asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me? I am a foreigner. That's the story of each of us seated here in this room. I was a foreigner, but the eyes of heaven has noticed me. I am here to declare, brother, sister, might have entered this year with weeping and tears, with the pain that has been taken you in a place of depression for a long time. But I am here to declare and make this declaration. Heaven has noticed you and everything about you is about to change. I'm not just declaring some random words because it sounds cool and I'm just pumping you up because this is a Sunday. No, I heard the voice of God and I want to proclaim that over my church today. Heaven has noticed you. Praise the Lord. Some of us might think, why are some people just raising their hands and worshipping and clapping and worshipping? You know what? Uh, when this house is on fire, when this building is on fire and you find an exit door, you can't just randomly walk outside and stay cool. No, you are joyful. You celebrate in that moment because you would have died if you were here. But because of the exit door, you are now alive. And you declare the goodness of God through your behavior. That's what 2021 looked like. And that is what every time when we gather together to worship and honor God, we say, it says, God, you know what? I would have died. My family would have been kicked out by now. But if I am alive and if I am here, it is just the grace of heaven. And I am here to declare, hey, my God has led me to this place. And he is going to take my shame again, taken away. Ruth chapter 2, verse 5 to 10. The book of Ruth is so interesting. I pray that some of us will, will read through that during this week. It was so beautiful and fascinating the way it is written. In order to understand the story and the context here, bear with me very quickly. I want to give you the metaphor, what it sounds, what it looks for in through the gospel here. Naomi's life, right? Naomi's life is the life of Israel. That's how it personifies. That's how it, the metaphor looks like. Naomi's life. Her two children, the life of uh, Mahalon and Kilon here, uh, they, they stand for the nation of Israel, the birth of Israel, and also the division of the nation of Israel into the northern kingdom 
and the southern kingdom. That's what their death signifies. The story of Ruth, in other terms, it signifies the importance of the New Testament church. The life of Ruth signifies or stands as a metaphor for the New Testament church. A foreigner, a stranger, an outcast, but accepted by the grace of God. Accepted by the grace of heaven. That's what the story or the life of Ruth signifies. And that is why I shared early on my message today that I think I can relate to the story of Ruth. And I'm sure everybody in this room, we can in some way or fashion or form, we can also relate to the story of Ruth. Listen, the first thing that I want to proclaim here as a prophetic word of assurance, favor of God brings you to the forefront from the background. Favor of God brings you to the forefront from the background. You may be the last one who joined your company, but you will never remain the last one in your company. I'm here to declare as a prophetic word. Praise the Lord. You, you, you might have started as an entry-level job, but there is more in you that God has called you to, that you will no longer be just the entry-level worker, but God will bring you up in the forefront to lead it. Are you with me, church? I hope you're receiving the word right now. The story of Ruth is the story of redemption. The story of Ruth is the story of God's favor, unmerited favor of God in the life of Ruth, even when she did not deserve it. But God chose her. I want to take you through. Favor of God brings you to the forefront from the background. Boaz asked his overseer, what, who does that young woman belong to? She was just gleaning. And this is what the overseer replied, verse 6. He said, she is the Moabite who, who, who came from Moab with, with, with Naomi. And then she said, please let me, listen to this, let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. In other words, whatever the harvesters are leaving behind, I'm happy with that. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. The harvesters, they are trained men, trained people. They will gather the best of the best sheaves. They will gather the best of the best paddy. They will gather the best of the best wheat. They will take and make it a bundle and they will take it away. But whatever falls to the ground, I will take it. Oh, whatever, whatever falls to the ground, I'm happy with that. In the New Testament, a lady came to Jesus and said, you know, my, ma Master, I know the bread belongs to the children of Israel, but what, what, what the, the crumbs that fall from your table? Dogs are happy with that. The, 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 the crumbs that fall from the Master's table, that's what dogs are used to eating. Jesus looked at the lady and said, I have found great faith in you. You will no longer eat the crumbs fallen down on the ground from the table. But I am bringing you up so that you will be seated around me at the table. That is the story of redemption. Ruth wanted just to glean and pick up the uh, uh, leftovers from everybody else. This is the season I want to declare over Zion Church and the ministries and the families of my church that you will no longer pick up the mess of others. You will no longer pick up the what is left over by others. God is treating you. And this is going to be a year of preferential treatment, the year of God's favor over your life. Praise the Lord. Ruth just says, you know what, Master? 
I will just pick up what is left behind. I'm happy with that. You know what? I'm happy with that. I'm just going to pick that up. Whatever the harvesters are leaving behind. Whatever the harvesters are leaving behind. Master, whatever falls from the table, I'm just happy. I, I'm not wanting the whole piece, the whole loaf. I don't want the whole meat. I don't want the everything, Lord. Whatever falls to the ground, I will eat it. I'm happy with it. But Jesus looked at her and Jesus said, I have found great faith in you. That you no longer eat from the crumbs. But I'm going to take you and position you around the table of honor. Around the table of breakthrough. Around the table of victory. You know, brother, sister, you're going to start seeing the deliverance of God in your life starting today. In Jesus' name, I declare it over your work and your family. Something that was released for you and the enemy has stopped it. I declare under the name of the Almighty God today that it is released for you and your family in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to this very carefully. She said, please let me glean and gather over the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and remained here from morning till now. I have worked really hard from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Listen, she worked really hard and a lot of people here in this room, I know that you're working really hard and there's a lot of families that I know that you work two jobs, three jobs, just to keep your family floating and make sure that everything runs smoothly. You work really hard from morning. Peter in the Bible says, Lord, we worked all night long but caught nothing. Are you with me? Ruth worked all morning, all day, except for a short break. She's been working and a lot of people that I know that you work hard. You work really hard. But in this year of God's favor, when heaven decides to bless you, when heaven decides to come through in your life, I am here to declare, you will stumble upon things that are already yours in the name of Jesus. You know, I love the portion here. She, Ruth does not completely know the background of the story. Boaz called the harvesters. And when Boaz called the harvesters, let me read that scripture here. Bo when Bo Bo Boaz called the harvesters, what, what, verse, nine, uh, verse 8. So what Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean another man's field, but um, stay here. Stay here with the women uh, who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the woman. For I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink uh, from the water uh, jars that the man has filled. In, 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 in chapter 3 and chapter 4, when you read through, I read, uh, when I was reading through, I, I came to a conclusion. Ruth did not know the whole conversation here. Boaz had already told the harvesters, you know what, when my daughter um, uh, uh, Ruth comes to glean, comes to collect the sheaves, you know what I want you to do? I just want to put some extra uh, uh, patty for her. An extra bundle of wheat just for her. Are you with me, church? The harvesters were already told by Boaz that when she is coming, I just want you to prepare it for her that it looks like she's working hard to get it, but you're already dropping it for her. You're already providing it for her. When you read through chapter 3, 
you will come to the understanding where Boaz is telling his harvesters, you know what? When my daughter walks through, I just want you to put it right for her. It looks like she's just walking and stumbling upon, but it is a divine setup by God. It is a setup by God. Listen, this year, you will stumble upon things that you did not think was yours because God has already shown His favor over your life for this year. I'm going to give you a scripture here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 11. It's a prophetic word. I want you to highlight it. Write it down in your Bible or your phones, wherever. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 11. It says, God will give you houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. Vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat, you are satisfied. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 11 says, I will give you houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide. Wells that you did not dig. Vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then you will eat and you will be satisfied. I'm about to give you that. Why? Because it's a favor of God. The favor of God. I'm here to receive that blessing in the name of Jesus. You know, for Ruth, when she walked through the paddy field, when she walked through the wheat field, you know, all that she looked at was, you know, something was already prepared for her. As she is gleaning and she is harvesting, she is collecting, it was already prepared for her. She did not know that Boaz had already asked the harvesters to prepare it for her. In other words, I'm here to declare, when you walk through the life in 2022, the angels of God is already commanded to minister to you and for your family. Oh, come on, I'm here to declare, in your workspace, in your school, where you are working hard this year, you are stumbling upon the blessings of God. I will give you the riches hidden in darkness. I will provide for you what you have not worked hard for. I am about to give it and do it in your life. You know what I'm praying? I am praying in the name of Jesus that this house will be filled with people. We have worked hard. We have done enough and we continue to do it. But I am praying to the Lord of the harvest. What is mine is mine and the enemy cannot have his foothold on it. What is mine is mine and the enemy cannot have his dirty hands over it. What is mine is mine and he cannot have his grip on it. What is mine is mine. I will stumble across the blessings and the prosperity of heaven what God has called me for. That's the life of Ruth. That's the life of Ruth. And I want to tell you, the reason why God chose to bless her. The reason why. The reason why God chose to show His favor over a Moabite. Over somebody whose entire lineage has practiced being adulterous. Whose generation has been a second class citizens all through the years. But God in the Bible chose to bless her. You know why? I'll take your attention towards Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. But Ruth said to Naomi, Do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. 
For where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will be buried. May the Lord do to me more also, if anything but death parts me from you. In other words, whatever Ruth is declaring here is a simple salvation message. Are you with me, church? Whatever declaration Ruth is making here, it is a simple salvation message that every non-believer must make in their life when they accept the Lord as a personal Savior. I was a sinner. I was in the world. But I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to follow you today. Until death separates me, I'm going to follow you today. In the earthly realm, until death separates me, I'm going to follow you. That's the salvation message that Ruth is declaring here in the Old Testament. Are you with me? She made a conviction. She made a commitment. She made a decision to follow Naomi. You know what? She could have gone back like Orpah. Orpah gave a good kiss and said, Mom, you know what? I wanted to come with you, but because you say so, I'm just going to go, go back into my world, my family, my people, and I'm going to just uh, maybe probably get married again, have kids and live a normal life. I just want to be there. Uh, but, but Ruth looked at Naomi's life and even though Naomi was going through some troubled times, her husband is gone, two of our children are dead, but still there's something in Naomi that prompted Ruth to follow her. Are there some mother-in-laws listening to me? <laughs> there is something in Naomi that made Ruth follow her. Oh, come on. Everybody preaches about Ruth. But there was something in Naomi that even in the midst of our great pain and loss and everything that she was going through, there was something Ruth recognizes in Naomi's life. Your God will be my God. Even in the midst of pain, Ruth can look at Naomi's eyes and declare, your God will be my God. Are you with me, church? I pray when there are many other un not so dignified second-class citizens and people that we think are not going to get a preferential treatment by heaven, you are wrong, brother. But I pray because your walk, your work, your talk, your conduct of life in through the life of influence where God has placed you, I pray many more roots will see the grace of heaven through the Naomi's seated in this room. That they will decide, your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. I am praying this year, some people will come after you. Some people will come after you. Brother, they will call you to say, hey, you know what? You go to church on Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. Praise the Lord. And I want to, as I proclaim this on 31st night, I made this declaration here. And, and, and every family listening to me, uh, if you've been attending uh, Zion Church for a long time, maybe it's been six months that you have not yet come back, it's about time for you and your family to come back. Show your priorities to be in God's house. Are you with me? 
You may hate me for this now, but you will love me later. And I'm thankful that you will love me later. I'm fine with that. Praise the Lord. Buy me a good biryani later. Right now you can be happy. You can be angry with me. Listen. Don't get comfortable and just be behind the TV for a long time. One Sunday you miss out. Somewhere it inches that you want to miss out another Sunday. Somewhere it inches that you want to miss out another and you will walk slowly away from God. I've seen a lot of families do this. You will slowly walk away from God. You know the amount of Christian people that have gone so cold with the words of God in the last two years, they were full on fire with on God. They were full on fire for the work of God. In the last couple of months, I've noticed they've gone so cold. It's like, ah, it's okay. If I'm okay, I'll show up. What's the, hey Siri, what's the weather conditions for today? Oh, it's cold? Um, next Sunday, please. <laughs> Down in Texas, if, it, if the weather, weatherman just announces it might snow, we're all shut off. Praise the Lord. Back up north, it doesn't matter. They gather together to worship. I'm here urging my congregation. Decisions in our life blesses us. Decisions and convictions rooted in the word of the Almighty God. I understand if you're with COVID and all that stuff, I totally understand. Don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. But don't get complacent just because of that. Praise the Lord. Listen to this. If you're working on a Sunday, try your best not to work on a Sunday. If you're working on a Sunday this year, if you're working on a Sunday, you might be scheduled to work, but ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be with my church family with all my heart. I don't care about the extra 50 cents that they give me or the $15 raise that they are providing. But I just want to come and gather with my church family to worship God. Decisions matter. You may hate me this today. Thank you. Our conviction rooted in the word of God. You know what the body of Christ? We are called to gather together. We are called to come together. The enemy is never afraid when you are just by yourself like a lone wolf all by yourself. He wants you to be dissected and separated in your own man caves. The enemy is always scared when the church unites together. From the very beginning of the installation of the New Testament church, if you read through the book of Acts, the enemy has always and always tried and disrupt, tried to disrupt the unity of the church. Somewhere COVID-19 has come in and it's become a great excuse. Praise the Lord. I told my wife, I told my family, if I die with COVID, I might. But I will still continue to obey what God has asked me to do. I'll still continue to proclaim what God has asked me to. It doesn't matter. I don't want to encourage my church to be under any sort of fear. I am here as the leader of this church, encouraging people, not operate in fear, operate in love and grace. 
see beyond what God has favored over your life. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right, but God's grace is over your family. His divine protection is over your family. This is what makes us different from any other Muslim or Hindu or Sikh or anybody else. This separates us. Are you with me? I'm a child of God. I not only sing cool songs, lift my hands up and worship. I want to practice what I sing. I want to practice what I preach. I want to practice what we are preaching here. This is what I want our church to. If we want to have God's favor over our life. And it's, 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 I know this message is so hard for an American audience who is blessed with all kinds of wealth and prosperity and education to accept this word because we already have it all put together in our life. We have it all. Everything is so manufactured in for our benefit. This is the society we live in. But in the midst of that, I want a group of people to rise up to say, God, I decide to walk in your ways. Your God shall be my God. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. I will never forsake you. I will never turn my back on you because I know it's the favor of God that is leading me. Praise the Lord. Ruth stumbled upon, stumbled across. Can I have the worship team? Ruth just stumbled across. Things that were already set up for her. Why? She made a commitment. Naomi, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. That's the message of salvation. That's the message for the church today. This year, I want to wind up here. Listen, the cost of your decision might be painful, but the results will be favored. Listen, the cost of your decision today will be painful. It's going to be painful. What are those decisions you would like to make? You know, last year on watch night service, I made a decision. You know what? Uh, <clears throat> you know, to be honest, I just want to be healthy and fit. I just want to be healthy. That's it. I just want to be healthy in every aspect. My wealth, my, 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 my ministry, and my, 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 my body. I just want to be healthy. And I said, God, I want to be healthy. I made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to lose some weight. My doctor has asked me to lose weight. And I'm like, in December, I'm like, ah, oh, I made a promise. I didn't start anything. Um, so December uh, 1st, you know what? I started, I went and joined the gym. I started working out. The last couple of weeks, I felt fit than ever before. When people looked at me, they said, Pastor Justin, you look like you are in your 20, 20s now. I'm like, I'm happy about it. I'm fit. I'm gathered with the body of Christ here. Make some decision today in this room that makes you stand strong even in the midst of your adversities. Even in the midst of everything that has come around your life and it looks like nothing is going to happen. He says, your decision might be hard, but your results will be favored. Listen, you're the cost of your decision will be a lot painful, but your results will be favored. Moses, by faith, decided not to indulge himself in the practices of Egyptians. Chose himself to stay separate 
But God in the Bible showed his favor over Moses' life. Daniel chose to not defile himself. God in the Bible showed his favor over Moses' life, over Daniel's life, over Joshua's life. I am here to declare the Lord who has shown favor in the life of his children in the past has not and will never forget you. Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 11 was a prophetic word for the church. It simply means that what you have not worked hard for, God has already determined to give it to you. Favor is heaven's preferential treatment. What is yours is yours. Can we all rise up in God's house? I pray this will be the season to walk into that favor of heaven. This will be that season to walk into what God has promised for us and along our families. In every walk of your life, I am here to declare, in every walk of your life, may the Lord continue to strengthen, lead, and prosper you. Your dreams will come to pass. The promises of heaven will come to pass. Your children will be blessed. Their education will be blessed. Your sickness will vanish away. Your debt will vanish away. God's preferential treatment is entering your life right now. I'm not just a faith preacher. I'm just preaching from the Word of God here. I want to declare the words of faith in your life today. And I want you to accept, I will not die, but I will live. I will give glory to God. I will testify the work of heaven in the land of the living. I'm here to declare again, I will not die, but I will live to testify that the Lord is alive and He's still working. He's on the cross and I will continue to declare this. I won't forget what the Lord has promised in my life. I want you to proclaim these words over your life, over your family. Let this be the greatest season of our church. Let this be the greatest season of our church. Let this be a season of increase. Can I hear the word increase? Shout it together, increase. Shout it together, increase. You know, Ruth, when she started walking in the favor of God, she started seeing the increase in the collection she was making. One day it was just one bundle. The first day it was just few sheaves. The next day it just started gathering and accumulating more. She started seeing the increase of heaven because heaven noticed her. Because Boaz noticed her. Because God noticed her. I'm here to declare there is going to be a supernatural increase in your life, over your family, in your business, in every sphere and walk of your life. There is going to be an increase. The next thing that I want to release here is the word release. Can you shout with me? Release. Shout it together. Release. Put it on the chat. Release. And the reason why I share this, everything was Boaz's. But he said, release it for my daughter. Boaz said, release it for my daughter. You know, when she walks, Pastor Prince, can you come here? Can you come here? Pastor Prince, can you come here? When, when, I am Boaz. This is, this is Ruth, right? This is Ruth. All dressed up. This is Ruth. That Ruth was broke. This Ruth is not broke. 
<laughs> this is heaven's treatment. God bless you. Listen to this very carefully. Whatever Boaz had, he told his harvesters, release it. When Ruth walks behind, let her gather it. When Ruth walks behind, let her gather it. Whatever is mine, is not just mine, but it is hers now. Whatever is mine, is not just mine, but it is His now. Whatever was mine, is not just mine, but it is yours now. I have all that I have, but as long as you decide to follow and walk in my ways, I declare in the name of Jesus, heaven notices you. Jesus notices you. God notices you. Heaven's eye is over your life, your business, your future, your children. I am here to declare, release it. Release it. Come on, shout it together. Release it. Release it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.